This is Marriage Grit, robust, real marriage talk with Jason and Emma Schroeder. Hi, and welcome to Marriage Grit. Grit, by definition, is courage, passion, resolve, and strength of character. We're excited to stand with you as together we build these sorts of marriages. This is what we believe a Jesus gives life to the full marriage looks like. Yes. Welcome back to season four, everybody, with our expert minis and our book last month. And this month is Sheet Music, mm-hmm. the sex book. It's true, uh, with internationally renowned Christian psychologist, Dr. Kevin Lehman. Yeah, hey. So last month we were in chapter two called uh, Crowded Bed. And today, this month, we are bouncing out of chapter 13 called Sexual IQ. Correct. So good people. Yeah. How is your sexual IQ? What a question. Hmm. How's your sexual intelligence? And what's been referred to here is not how much you know about the mechanics or what you have seen coming our way through media. And because we can, we can certainly be, you know, experts to some degree, but really what is most critical and, and what is being described here in this chapter is how is your sexual IQ as it relates to your partner? Mm. So how much do you understand your spouse's personal likes and dislikes. Yeah. That's a really interesting question, right? Yeah. Have yeah. you spent time really considering these things? Pondering. <laughs> planning. <laughs> pondering. Journaling. <laughs> Drawing some diagrams. <laughs> yeah. This is, I'm into this. Uh, so you can really build your sexual IQ. Yeah. And so that's that's this chapter. Really goes through. Goes through it. Gives a whole lot of examples of what does your spouse like and and dislike just to spur some thought and then if you're a younger married couple this is just a beautiful place of discovery yeah through conversation and through experience a lifetime of intimacy mm. nice and so Lehman here would talk about the fact that when it comes to sex, we, we spend, what does he say, 99.9% of the time actually having sex, but 0.1% talking about it. So yeah. he said that's from, from his practice, yeah. what he's discovered with most couples. They just get into it, Yep. but really don't communicate enough. Around likes, dislikes, each yeah. other's sexual IQ. Yeah, so he's saying that his preference and from his experience is he wishes it was more 90% doing Mm. and 10% discussing. Yeah. So that's that's quite a fair chunk of communication. Yeah, yeah. 10% 10 discussing actually what you like and dislike. And so, I mean, the reality is is that, that that's potentially quite a tricky conversation to have, isn't it? Like how do you actually bring mm. that up? What what does that look like? And we kind of touched on this last month, This the whole idea of actually needing to communicate in this space, communicate around your rule books. And so Lehman would say that it's, it's really important to actually know how to talk about sex, what what is turning you on, what is turning you off, how you feel about things, and and it is quite a complex and potentially difficult topic to bring up. Yeah, and and then the culture that is is created in your marriage. Uh, again, if you're if you're newer at this, then and you've got a fresh marriage here, you've got the opportunity to build really healthy communication patterns. Yeah, start a great this. culture. But um, you could be listening in a in a twenty year marriage here, and you've actually settled into quite a difficult rut yep. sexually yep. and 
even the conversation around it, or it's a conversation that one of you really wants to avoid. Yeah. And so we have to understand that sex is a God-given part of a healthy marriage and a healthy sex life is actually important for both, even more than what we understand. Yeah. And and so part of that is the conversational framework, especially when things have got difficult. Yeah. Or, or sometimes, I mean, I think sometimes these conversations happen around sex just at the most inappropriate moments. So you mm. you might blurt something out in the midst of a lovemaking session. Oh, I hate that or I wish you didn't do that, which is obviously not only going to dull the mood but potentially going to make your, your partner feel insecure or, you know, not, not great about themselves. Mm. So knowing when to talk about this uh, in, a, in an appropriate and helpful context is, is key. Yeah, that's right. So th- there are a whole lot of recommendations uh – in the chapter here for how to bring up difficult topics. And literally what we're talking about is a soft startup. Yep. And again, you can find an episode. A same page conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've got episodes on on those that can help you. And and so finding the right entry point to the conversation at the right time is a critical component for how we actually love each other. Yeah. Just forcing a discussion is not an appropriate or an effective way to communicate and it doesn't actually show love in the best of ways. Well, it can actually be quite damaging. It, it can actually have really negative results mm. if it's brought up. And it, yeah, and ultimately that can be fueled from our frustration as opposed to our desire for this relationship to be bound together in love. Yeah. And so the, the loving way is to go, okay, how do we establish a really healthy conversational framework here? And then you look to build that. Yeah. And so it, it starts and, and it it can even be a couple of examples here. Uh, look, babe, I I know it can be embarrassing talking about sex, uh, but we're both adults and can we figure this out together? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's one example uh, in the book here. Another one is, uh, so babe, you may have noticed that I've been avoiding situations where we would have sex uh, and I... I think it's it's probably really good for us to chat about this. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so soft startups, getting on the same page, and e- and even preempting that you may be going to have that conversation. So, hey, babe, later tonight when you get home from work, I just it'd be great if we could talk about a couple of things in this space. So you're not just kind of blurting it out because because the other thing too, in in a positive way, is sometimes talking about sex will lead to sex, right? <laughs> so having a on the fly conversation in you know with three kids around your feet or mm. in a car somewhere or it admits a stressful week less sometimes less than optimal it can be less than optimal so really optimal. picking oh, what optimal optimal less than optimal that sounds like a transformer is that optimal and i'm not sure i'm not sure I'm not sure <laughs> love it when you say optimal <laughs> is that a Turn on this optimal, optimal. That may may segue us to the psychology of seduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Em uses made up words. (laughs) That's her strategy. That's all I need to do. Hey, babe. Uh, Uh, So look, I we've been married nearly twenty five years, right? And I would, I just, it's important, I guess, to put on the table that we're still a work in progress in this regard in terms of the our own sexual IQs with each other. This this has been, you know, a long deep rich journey <laughs> that we are still very much in hey babe yeah with with endless conversations uh we've and we've done that differently through the years and and so we have started this journey on completely different pages yes. when it comes to 
what healthy sex could and should look like. Yeah. Very different scripts. Yeah. That we very different rule different books. books. Yeah. And so we've we've had to do a lot of work to try and and find some level of healthy compromise somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and because I am I. Uh, physical touch in terms of love languages is well Jason I joke it's it's certainly in my bottom it's certainly in the bottom of my list but sometimes doesn't uh, even make it onto the radar if there are five love languages physical touch rates seven <laughs> for, for M 922 and, and whereas it's one point a star hash for me <laughs> in other words it's his top but but hilariously it's like his his top 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 yeah i don't need anything else and then the other four don't even really kind of make it onto the list and so like whilst we're using humor here th- this has been a really complex space for us in terms of our sexual iq when jace feels most loved most appreciated uh, through anything physical, and I actually feel least loved, <laughs> least appreciated in in many ways. Well, and a little bit smothered, <laughs> and a bit smothered uh, through anything physical. So we've been working on this for twenty five years. Yeah, and look, to be honest, we've we've hit some points where this has been like really challenging. Yeah, where it's like, okay, we need to we need to get some help. Yeah, we need to do something very different here. Because uh, we're not working. Yeah. And look, those moments have been kind of those acute moments mm. we've dealt with pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but just so you know, so if you're on a journey here and it you haven't got it all figured out yet or you're in a really unhealthy place, it's okay. Yeah. That it's actually we, very normal. Yeah. We, we've got a glorious marriage, but it's got this tension point, which we're never going to be on the same page. That's the thing. That we're very different humans and it's actually some of – some of the most glorious shaping in both of us that God's done has been because of this point of frustration Yeah, where we both have to move quite far off what would be our natural, yeah, our, <laughs> our natural selfish uh, preference yeah, and love the other despite how we feel. Yeah. And that is a profound work of God in us. Well, that's like it is, and it's becoming a student essentially of your spouse's sexual IQ. So, I, we are both continuing to learn in this space, but the reality is, is try as I may, pray as I may, I can't become someone that physical touches her top top love language. I can't actually transform that about myself, nor nor can Jace transform it out of him. Mm. So it's that whole tension to manage. You know, aging does help a little bit. Aging, <laughs> there is that whole thing about you know conflict resolution. But the reality, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, is not all conflicts are actually solvable. Yeah, some of them you just have to learn to manage. And for for us, this has been our reoccurring mm. managing of tension point. Mm. And so we have some wonderful moments. Yes. And and I'd say it's it's healthy. Yeah. But and it's and it's better than it better. Yeah. Yeah. Better than it was uh, early in our married life for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh but we would still if we had our exact preference it would look different. Yeah. And so if that's you, it's okay. Yeah. And again, let that be a beautiful shaping tool in God's hands yeah. to form us into a a person more well-rounded in love. Yes.
a good conversation starter. So yeah, he, Salim in here would say the psychology of seduction and so in relation to our sexual IQ, uh, he would say that it's important for you to know how your partner gets in the mood and he, he basically identifies that there's four areas of seduction, physical, kinesthetic, auditory and relational. Sorry, visual. What did I say? Physical. Physical. That's oh, good. Physical. Physical. <laughs> physical. Uh, so, yeah, visual, kinesthetic, auditory, relational. Yeah. Now, certainly in our experience with, with many couples, that for a lot of men, it is often more connected to visual and kinesthetic. So, seeing their spouse, seeing seeing particular parts a of their spouse. A little flash of skin. <laughs> Ready to roll. A little flash. <laughs> a flash and and a flash in the pan. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, or kinesthetic is what what's the, I can't see what the book says really. A oh bit yeah. Of touch. Yeah, a little bit of touch and then leading to a point of arousal. Auditory is sound. That's probably one of the more so l- words. Yeah. Yeah. And then relational, which is often where women land, is that you become attracted, you feel seduced, you feel in the mood when you feel emotional emotionally cared for uh, and safe and secure. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So as you're listening, do you know where your spouse is at? Yeah. Do you know how they feel most seduced Mm. or aroused? Mm. And look, probably an interesting thought is do you even care? (laughs) Yeah. So if if you're listening and your natural thing is I'm just too tired to care or we're just not in a good place or they don't deserve for me to care. So mm, so just yeah, be well. aware of what rises in you there because this this does matter. Yeah, it does. And so maybe there are some things to deal with if if something different as I just described has risen in you, then do a good process yeah. with that with God with with someone you can trust. Yeah. And and work that through because let us be people who continue to increase our sexual IQ. Yeah. Understand. So again, visual Kinesthetic, yeah. Auditory, relational, yeah. And so I'd say, babe, that um, you're more visual, and I'm more relational. But as we have learnt, mm. it's not like a linear, neat process. You certainly, in your experience, you've gone. Even if M feels completely emotionally cared for and supported, it's not like I'm then rearing to go physically. Yeah, and, and so I've heard this described before at marriage retreats and things like. All, all I need to do is pack the dishwasher for my wife and bang, she's then... She's in the ra- mood. ...raring to go. That's the best foreplay there can ever be. Yeah. The reality is, for us, I could... So things that are really important to M mm. on all the all the love languages, I could speak to her really well and... Because um, I like all the other all four the love words. languages. I could, I could have delivered the most <laughs> incredible gift that day. I've kept the house immaculate, the pillows are neat on the couch, the... Bench is clean. The bed was made. The what, whatever that is, I can nail all of those things, and M will not be Randy that night, and it won't even cross her mind. Yeah, like it's just you're not wired for those dots to be connected. connected. No, and and so that did cause great 
frustration because I thought that's how it should work. Well, you thought it was a ticking box scenario. You're like, okay, this is how this works. If I do all these steps, here is the desired outcome. Yeah, connect the dots. And so the problem is then the relationship can become an equation. Yeah. And I think it's wonderful when it doesn't because, again, it disrupts us from – because then my behaviour can actually be manipulative. Yes. So am I doing those things just to get what I want? Yes. And then that's not love. No, because then you're not actually serving me or loving me. It's just for the result that you actually want. Yeah. So in a sense, I'm really grateful that it hasn't worked like, you know, it was supposed to in inverted commas yeah. um, because then we've had to go deeper into conversation and go, okay, practically how does it work? Yeah. And even when it's, you know, really good for you and you enjoy that space, you don't crave it. Yeah. And so for us, simply having this planned and diarised each week actually works amazingly well for you. Yeah. Like you prepare yourself yeah. and you're kind of emotionally there and then in the moment, Amazing, great, but if it wasn't planned, then you're not going to have a natural desire rise necessarily. Totally, and I think I think for women, and I, I say this often, is like we, we've got to think about sex. You've actually got to think about it, and so we're often many of us are not wired that way. We we kind of either switch that off in our teenage hood, or we've kind of equated it with some of those rules, and so part of our process of being aroused or seduced we've actually got to think about it so so what, allow yourself to think yeah, sexual thoughts yeah, about yeah, your yeah, husband yeah yes. and so so then when we've got like a, a sexual date time planned for Jason and I part of my role then is to think sexually in the lead up to it because for most women you can't go from zero to a hundred in two and a half minutes uh, for men it's often <laughs> quite I, a two different and a half seconds I, is, I think uh, two and a half minutes is a long time for most men so you've you've kind of got to get yourself into that thinking space and so whilst Jace has said you know that that dots weren't connected and he would try things and and didn't necessarily have the outcome I think one thing we have seen in that space though is at least not necessarily me being ready to go but there is a greater willingness or an openness in that space has has improved in some ways where I've at least gone oh okay this is where he's wanting to head there I'm not there in my body or my thinking but I'm going to allow myself to be and so what does this look like for you how do you how do you make this work for you and ultimately increase your sexual IQ understand your spouse yeah what works what doesn't and engage in those conversations and we've reached a healthy point now because we have we've tried we've experimented with a lot of things and we've had relentless communication that we've pushed into at the right time and in a loving way and our sexual IQs have increased yeah. and that has been a yeah. beautiful thing on yeah. this 25 year journey we're everybody on. wins yeah. so engage have those conversations cheering you on yeah See you next month, good people. Remember, we didn't sign up for easy. We signed up for gritty because our world needs robust, healthy marriages. Mistakes and mess are inevitable. So let's stay committed to tenacious growth together. We believe in you. We are praying for you. It is so worth it. Thank you for joining us at the Marriage Grit Podcast. If you'd like to connect further, go to our Marriage Grit Facebook page or email us at marriagegrit at c3hh.com.au.